Ring around the rosies, pocket full of posies. Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Oh, the innocence of children. <laughs> Welcome to Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries, where our four investigators will be thrown into the mystery and madness of Arkham, Massachusetts, in the year 1921. I am your Mythos Master, Ariel, and my favorite scary movie is Nightmare on Elm Street. You want to see a scary movie? <laughs> now, let's, in- let's introduce our investigators. Starting with Aaron. Oh, hi, I'm Aaron. I play Lloyd Fowler and Trevor Montgomery. And my favorite scary movie is Evil Dead Army of Darkness. Boom. Mm. <laughs> Passable. It's a scary movie. I mean, it's on the edge. It's, it's on, on the, the edge. edge. It's on the edge. <laughs> on the edge. Uh, my name is Mark. I'm playing the character known as Marcellus O'Neill, and my favorite scary movie is actually Candyman. Don't say it two more times. It's five times, but... Is it? I yeah. thought it was three. No, it's five times. <gasps> I need to rewatch it. My name's Daniel. I'm playing Fred Lyons, a parapsychologist, and my favorite scary movie is Dog Soldiers. Oh, yeah, that sci-fi movie, The Werewolves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is a good one. Ooh. Um, I'm Michelle. I'm playing Millie Oakley. And um, scary movie-wise, I'd have to go with mm, Amnival Horror. Ooh. Ooh, that is a good one. This is some good scary movies. Which Which version? Well, you know, there's Ryan Reynolds in the one version, so... Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody goes with that one. I have both. I was cool with the original, I have both honestly. versions. Oh, you know, a really good one, Rose Red. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. Version. I mean, I have both versions of that, but that's one of my all-time favorites. That is a good one. The TV series one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I stayed up. I begged my mom when it first came out to stay up to watch it's it. It's really good, and I have the book, Diary of Elmer Moore. Okay, let's get started. Where we last left off, poor John has been shot in the back and died. You ha- We have Trevor and Marcellus standing there with a little bit of a standoff. And Fred and Millie were back around by the front of the house. And I will leave it to you. Um, Marcellus is going to drop his gun and fall to the ground. And wincing in pain and starting to sweat, he's going to pick up John and cradle him. And he's going to start singing a song. Okay. And almost like his eyes glaze over, 
you see him like rocking back and forth and he starts saying it's a long way to Tipperary it's a long way to home and he's gonna start singing that like song if you look it up it's a fantastic song <laughs> but um, <clears throat> he's gonna start singing that like rocking back and forth like and almost smiling to himself <clears throat> well, this was unexpected. I'm going to wave the boys over that are running. Okay. And I'm going to have them, one of them run into the house and call the police. And okay. I'm going to stand there. We're going to surround him, essentially. We're going to let him have his moment, and we're going to surround him. Okay. You two... Well, we're going to take the gun away from him, too. (laughs) You two heard the gunshot. And what are you two doing? I'm going to run to go see what's going on. Okay. A doctor, but not that kind of doctor. I'll (laughs) I'll slowly head that way, because if somebody's got a gun and they're hostile, I don't want to get shot. Well, I'm not going to be dumb about it, but I'm going to go see what's going on. Okay. Sure. So, you two head over. There are people surrounding uh, Marcellus mm-hmm. as he's on the ground, cradling poor John. And what are you doing? We're just going to let him have his moment until the coppers show up. Okay. Well, a few minutes pass by, about 10, 15 minutes, and police car shows up, lights on, and they come out Okay. and come up to you guys. So what's going on? Well, unfortunately, we had a bit of a accident here. They look at what? I don't believe this man is in the right state of mind. He's shot and killed a man. And I don't believe he intended to. Can you tell us what happened? And he motions for another policeman. Comes over. He comes over to you. Uh, I need my cello case. And you can see that he is sweating profusely. Like, and he looks like he is extremely pained. His eyes are starting to, like, get bloodshot and... You can see he's shaking. Could someone go get my cello case, please? No, you're coming with us. I I need my medication. Someone get me my, my cello case. So I'm going to have one of my men go and open the cello case and try to find medicine. Okay. Well, in the meantime, they took the body from you and handcuffed you. Okay. So then the first policeman says, tell, tell us what happened. Well, we had a run-in with some... Uh, orderlies out here we scared them off but not until they informed us that there was a escaped patient running around so I had me and myself and this gentleman here and my men searching the area and we happened to stumble upon him and he ran and I dare say that my gentleman friend here isn't in the right state of mind because as I failed to capture our escapee 
He pulled the firearm and fired. Uh, immediately after this, uh, myself and my colleague there attempted to resuscitate and provide first aid for the gentleman, and unfortunately, the wound seemed to be fatal. Then you gentlemen arrived shortly thereafter, and you seen the state that this man was in. Again, I do not not think he uh, intentionally managed to murder a man. Nonetheless, the damage is done. Murder is murder. Skill my cello case, please. I am my cello case. So the uh, guy, does he find anything in the cello case? No need to cello case. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, he searches around in the cello case. He doesn't find anything. I mean, depends on his spot hidden checks. <laughs> That's you. Well, it's just, he's just rifling around. It, no, he so. won't find Okay, anything. well, he gets frustrated after a little bit, and he brings the entire cello case over. Undo my cuffs. I'm not gonna run. You he trust said, me. said, nope. Not gonna happen. Um. <clears throat> so I'm gonna have, uh, I'm gonna look to my boys and Pull your guns. So all of them pull their guns. All right, boys. Keep your firearms trained on the gentleman. Officers, please take these cuffs off this gentleman so he may administer his medication. I warn you, any quick moves or any tricky business, you're a dead man. No, I'm not going to know. The man has a right to his medication, officer. Please, I'm in pain. He just kind of shakes his head and motions for the other officer that had originally handcuffed him, and he goes over and un- does it, and the first policeman has his gun drawn. He's going to set his case down, uh, carefully pull the cello out and lean it up and study it for just a quick second. And he'll pop the back panel of the cello case off and he'll pull out a vial of what looks like white fluid and a syringe and he'll uh, put the syringe in draw back the uh, plunger and stick himself with it and you see him kind of like he takes the needle out and he kind of collapses and you see his eyes glaze over and you see almost as if he's like almost out of it now. And he like haphazardly puts everything back in and gently lays the cello back down and like looks at it for a long second and then closes it and locks it back up and he holds his wrists out again. He's like, um... I'm ready, I'm ready to go. Okay, the officer put the cuffs back on, and the one that was talking to Trevor says, some medication. That's heroin. It's for my pain. I figured. It's not what you think. Mm. Not at all. And he, like, does someone have a flashlight? Yeah. Yeah, they he'll, probably all do. He'll mm-hmm. turn his head to the side and like pull back his hair and just above his ear going 
back across his head, you see a very large knife wound on his head. And he kind of like unbuttons his collar and opens his shirt and you see a huge knife gash scar on his rib plus three bullet wounds across his shoulder and chest. And he says, While handcuffed? Yeah, his hands are in front of him. He's like, okay. You see, I, I was in the war. I was only sent home because I caught this bullet right in the chest and it nicked my lung. Luckily, they were able to save me. When I got home, it wasn't too painful, but the day I got home, me and my wife were up in Boston. Car comes screeching around the corner. Guns blazing. I caught a bullet to the shoulder. It was a through and through. Hit my wife right in the heart. Killed her, but ruined my shoulder. Took me a long time to be able to pick this gun back up again, but it pains just too much so I started taking heroin and I haven't been able to put the put the stuff down but they keep, they keep filling the prescriptions so I, I keep going at it it's a it's a monster <laughs> but what a beautiful monster it is mm. alright take him in motions to the other officer and he starts Taking him back to the police car. See with you. Well, he showed up in my office. If that's what you mean. Hmm. Understood. He turns around, walks away. Says, "Uh, ambulance will be here for the body in a second." Duly noted. And actually, as he says that, an ambulance pulls up. They come out to stretcher and take care of John. Okay. <coughs> all right. So, I'm assuming you all go home. Well, you three. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, uh, one of us isn't going home. But so when I get home, I am going to call in a favor. I'm going to have the boys go and get Mr. Gregory, our wonderful little Boston informant. And uh, I'm going to have him turned in for his crimes in Boston. Okay. And I'm going to call up to the police station and make a special request that shares a cell with our friend. Okay. <laughs> and then I'm going to call it a night and get some rest. All right. So, you guys get to sleep. You wake up in the morning, you're in the police station. Millie gets a knock on her door. I'll get up, cross the living room, and answer it and see who it is. Okay. As soon as you open the door, you see the twins. 
why hello girls what are you doing all this way we're worried what is it that you're worried about we We haven't haven't seen seen john all day well he is imaginary maybe he's just hiding somewhere maybe we We like you so we wanted your help (laughs) with what making sure John's okay I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> You're going to have to tell two uh, creepy little I, girls. I think that um, you girls should come with me and we should go speak with your parents. No, we'll only speak to you. Uh, well, girls, you see, uh, why don't you go ahead and come in and sit down? Okay. And we can talk about this. So they come in. And they go and sit down. Okay, girls. Um, I have to explain something to you, and it's very, very, very hard for me to explain to you. But first, I need you to be honest with me about something. John was real, wasn't he? They kind of look at each other for once because they're always looking in the same direction. They kind of look at each other. They look back at you. You, you promise, promise not, not to tell. tell? I promise. Do, Do you, you pinky, pinky promise? promise? They both hand out their pinkies. And I'll take my hands and I'll pinky promise <laughs> them back. I already know, girls. Unfortunately, there was an accident with John. What do you mean? Well, he was um, accidentally um, killed last night. What? Well, he um, was hiding and then he took off running and well, to stop them, they accidentally killed him. And I'm only telling you girls this because I want you to understand how dangerous the situation was with him talking to you girls and and no one knowing. He wasn't dangerous. You're lying. He may not have been dangerous. We thought you were nice. I, I'm just trying to explain to you the how the adults felt in the situation. You're lying. They get up and they run out. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go after them. Okay. Well, they they take off running down the road. So again, unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean they're like you in the middle of the road. <laughs> run away from me. Safe. <laughs> They're not running down the middle of the road. Run away from me, Satan. I didn't even get... I just wanted to explain to them and nope. They're gone. Jason would say that to people. (laughs) Hey, run away from me safely. Don't randomly trip. (laughs) I'm not going to run. Make sure your shoelaces are tied. 
Uh, okay. And now, time for an ad break. Brought to you by Harry's Hair Slick. The best hair is with Harry's. Hello, this is Charlie Transmutation coming to you with another PSA announcement. No, Charlie. This is a commercial. What? Crap. Nobody told me that. Well, what are you supposed to do in this thing anyway? Well, Charlie, I'm glad you asked. This is the part where we introduce our new homebrew 5e D&D podcast, The Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit, where we explore the homebrew world of Altaris using homebrew rules and homebrew material from the Dungeon Master's Guild. Eh, sounds boring. I'm out of here. See you later, Charlie. We hope to have you guys come check us out soon. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. All right. So we're going to cut to Trevor. Okay. And where are you exactly right now? I'm probably still at the bistro as Lloyd. Okay. Dressed up as Lloyd, probably walking around, scrubbing the floors, mopping. Okay. Well... A man comes up to you. You would know him as one of Trevor's Mm -hmm. uh, associates, whatever. And he says, you have a phone call. I have a phone call? Yeah. That's odd. Uh, All right. I'll, uh, I guess I'll, uh, I'll I'll answer it. So I'm going to go up to the phone. Well, hello, this is Lloyd. You hear a little bit of a almost a staticky noise. It says, Check your office. Click. Uh, hello, hello. Well, uh, that's not that's not comforting at all. Okay. Hang up the phone. I'm gonna go check my office. Okay. And you get up to your office, and. First, you don't really see anything. Nothing looks amiss. Okay. But roll me spot hidden. Oh. Uh, I don't know if I got that one. No. 78 out of 50. Okay. Give me one second. I'm not going to press it because I learned my lesson the last time. There are consequences to pressing rolls and failing. (laughs) Not all the time, but when it warrants it, it does happen. So, anyways, you search around your office. You don't quite see anything that looks any different. Is there any specific places you're checking? Are you going to look further? or? Yeah, probably going to look in the desk and around the drink or the liquor cabinet. Okay, well, on further investigation of the desk, you happen to see a necklace. Okay. And it looks to be on just a simple little chain. On the chain, there happens to be a little pendant and on close observation, there happens to be weird symbols carved into it. Okay. 
Not anything you can quite depict what it is. Okay. That's what you see. Um, I guess I'm just going to pocket this necklace then. Okay. Is that all you're going to do? Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else there? I'm going to keep looking. I mean. Okay. If you keep looking, you don't find anything. Okay. We will go to the police station now. Okay. And you're sitting in your cell and you happen to see coming down police officer with another man in handcuffs coming towards your cell. I recognize man? Yes. I stand up and like crack my knuckles. And as they're approaching, the man notices you and starts looking a little frantic. Hi, Benny. It's been a while, hasn't it? He just looks terrified at this point. And the policeman opens up your cell and throws him in, shuts it, locks it. Walks away. And he's just, he's cowering now. (laughs) You know, I have waited for this moment for a very, very long time. Get you one-on-one. So I'm going to strangle you slowly. I'm going to make you bleed. I I swear I didn't. I It was an accident. It was an accident. You were driving the car Benny. I know you were. We, we didn't mean we didn't mean to hit anybody else. It was an accident. I swear. And at that I'm going to reach out at his throat and try to grab him by the neck. Okay. That would be fighting brawl. Forty-eight under sixty-five. Okay, so you managed to grab him by the neck. I swear, have mercy, have mercy. I'm going to trip him to the ground, landing on top of him, and proceed to just pummel him, like throttle him with my fist over and over again. Okay. Well, you're. Are you aiming to kill him? Yeah. Okay. Then I'm not going to go through the hassle of rolling damage for each hit. After a bit, yeah, he's he stops moving. And after that, I'm going to throw my head up against the wall a couple times, making myself bleed. Okay. And I'm going to lay on the floor and start singing again. My eyes are going to glaze over. Cock smile on my face. Okay. After a little bit, a policeman comes by, sees it, doesn't really panic. He's just <sighs> turns around and walks away. And eventually he gets some help and they get the body out. 
He attacked me, just so you know. Understood. Do you need medical attention? I'll be fine. I've had worse. They just nod their head and shut the door again. Take the body and go. All right. Now we're going to Mr. Fred. You're at home, I'm assuming. Yep. Where else would I be? Okay. Where at in the house are you? Um, I probably have a kitchen table, so I probably got the file open there along with that other paper on Marcus. Okay. So where is the kitchen to your front door? It's probably towards the rear of the house. Okay, so you wouldn't. I mean, it's probably probably just goes kitchen, living room, door, probably. It's probably something way small. Okay. So, you're sitting there looking over these papers. And you hear a little knock-knock on your door. Like? Like a quick... I will get up, head to the door. I wasn't expecting anybody, right? No, as far as I know, no. So I'm going to kind of... Well, as soon as you get to the door, I don't even need you to roll for this. You happen to see a crumbled up piece of paper on the ground. Oh, like it's, they got slipped, like it the slipped through the underneath the door. I'll look and see what it says. Okay. You pick up the piece of paper and read it, and it says, Don't trust the superintendent. He's lying. Check his office. Bring help. That's it. So I'm going to open up the door and see if I can see possibly who left me the note. Okay. Roll me a spot hidden. 42 out of 52. Okay. So as you're looking out, you're looking around, you happen to catch a glance of something running beside the building next to you. You can't really make out any features of anything. You just caught a glimpse First kids, and now this. So I guess I'm going to go to the asylum. Well, actually, I guess I'm going to go find Millie, since it's the only person I know of offhand. Okay. All right. So I will leave you to that. We will get to Trevor or Lloyd. So I want to take the necklace, and since I don't know anything about it, I'm going to go to the Miskatonic University as Lloyd and see if I can't check out some books or look for some books with similar writings. Okay. So you get to the Miskatonic University library. Mm -hmm. And you're starting to look around. I need you to roll me a library use. Okay. Oh, 5% pass out of 20. Well, you look around, you get into the, what the heck is that called? A catalog? Sure. There's a name for it. I can't think. Dewey Decimal System? Yeah, like that. That's the system they use. What you're thinking of is the catalog. The card catalog. The card catalog, yeah. That. Anyways, you get into that and you're looking around and you can't quite 
find anything. You find a few books about um, like hieroglyphics and things like that. Mm -hmm. So you think to start there. Okay. And you're flipping through some books. You, I'm assuming, have the necklace out. Yeah. So you're looking at the symbol. You can't quite find anything that looks similar. And as you're flipping through the book, you see someone approaching you. It happens to be one of your men as you look up. Uh, hey, Lloyd. Yeah? Do you happen to know where Mr. Montgomery is? Uh, I could go find him. Okay. Uh, Chief Johnson called. It's pretty important. We can't find him. I thought maybe you might know. Uh, I'll I'll go look for him. All right. Thank you. Not a problem. And you hear a woman go, shh. Sorry, ma'am. All right. So I'm going to go into the back of the library and see if there is a phone in the back area somewhere. Okay. You go in the back and there happens to be one telephone so I'm going to call the sheriff station okay you hear Arkham Police Department how can I help you yes this is Mr. Montgomery calling in regards to the sheriff's message hold on one sec a few moments go by and you hear yeah Mr. Montgomery I heard you looking for me yep I got an issue. And that is? What the hell do you want me to do with this guy? I don't want to book him for you to turn around and say, well, let's just cover this up like you normally do and piss you off. <clears throat> well, the gentleman did commit manslaughter, did he not? Yes, he did, but we also know you so stick him in the Arkham Asylum let him cool his feet for a little while consider it a relapse and do what you find best understood click so I'm gonna hang up the phone straighten my bow tie out push up my glasses and I'm going to walk back out okay so we're going to get back to Fred contacting Millie were you driving to her place or are we going to call her yeah I'm going to drive to her place okay Millie do you happen to be home uh yes I'm at home okay I'm yeah, I. Uh, okay, so is this before the kids or after? Yeah, that's what I was. After the kids. Okay. Well, yeah. In that amount of time, I've went over to um, the Darcy twins' house and spoke with their parents about the situation and what happened, and let them know. Okay. So then you'd go home after that because this yeah. is a little bit later. So yeah. okay. So you pull up to Melissa's. 
Yeah, so this is where she lives. That's right. I'm gonna walk up to the door. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna knock on it, of course. I guess I'll go answer it. <laughs> you guess? <laughs> She's still a little upset about earlier. Okay. Well, you open the door and you see Fred. What now, Fred? Of course you're home. Wow. What's that supposed to mean? It means what I want it to mean. So, uh, apparently, have you been to the asylum before? Once. Long time ago. Was it non-medical reasons? Yes, non-medical reasons. Okay, I just need to to clarify (laughs) that. Fred, you're my friend. You should know. You don't tell me everything. Yeah, that's true. And I don't know if I should bring a reporter to the asylum, but I gotta go see the doctor there. About what? For medical reasons that don't involve me. Okay. Has to do with that guy that was killed last night. John? His name isn't John. That's his middle name. Okay, well. So am I going with you or not? Apparently it said bring help and you're the only person I can think of. What said bring help? That's for me to know. You're not making any sense. I don't make sense to you at all. I look for ghosts. You know this. Is that what we're doing? No. Then, okay. Well, I don't. Let's just go. That's right. I'll drive this time. Okay. So I need you to roll me an intelligence check. 21 out of 55. Or actually, that's a 20. That's 20 out of 55. Okay. So you happen to remember that the superintendent leaves for the day around 4 p.m. What time is it now? We'll say it's about noon. Scratch that. I'll come back. What? Are you so surprised? I don't need you right now. I'll come back. Be here about four hours. Uh, well, you know, we've got four hours to kill, so why don't you fill me in on what's going on? I don't even know. Then why are we going? Because of a note I received. Okay, what did the note say? Just said, don't trust the superintendent, bring help. That's all I got. And you assume that it's from the asylum? That's who they're referring to. Okay. Okay. See, that was a quick four hours, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I could have told you that on the drive there. Yeah, but you, you wouldn't when I asked you. About the note. You were like, that's for me to know. Yeah, because we had four hours to go. (laughs) Now this is going to be an awkward car drive there. We're friends. We'll have other things to talk about. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, so I'll come back in four hours if that's okay with you. Fine, I'll take a nap and be ready. Better be ready in three hours. Okay, I'll be ready. Okay. On that note, I'm just going to switch to you briefly, okay. Marcellus. You get handcuffed again, put into a squad car. Where are we where are we going? 
Well, we're taking you to the asylum. What? Under whose orders? You don't need to worry about that. Ain't no doctors. You guys are seriously listening to that little twerp. Then they put you into the squad car and they start driving. Boston is going to love you boys. Under the fingernail of some stupid young punk ass mob boss. Can't believe that shit. All right, so you are off to the asylum. Now we will go back to Trevor or Lloyd. Okay. And what are you doing? Well, since I couldn't find anything at the library, next best thing, since it's weird and whatnot, I'm going to go to the museum. Okay. I'm going to find some sort of museum curator. (laughs) Okay. So you go to the museum and you find a curator. Mm-hmm. He says, what can I help you with? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I had a, a question about uh, uh, something really old I found. And I, I was just wondering if there's somebody here that can help me figure out what it is. No, well, I can help you. Ah, uh, um, okay. Uh, didn't think it was going to be this easy. Uh, it, so I, he, I'm pulling out the necklace. I found this. He kind of takes it and looks at it. Says, well, this doesn't... Well, the pendant looks kind of old, but... Huh. And he kind of studies it for a little bit. Where'd you find this? Ah, I was just happened to be cleaning out my grandpa's attic. And I found it in the, the chest. He's studying. He says, I've, I've never seen anything like this before. Not this, this symbol. Kind of looks like a, a rune, maybe. But I've never seen anything like this before. Do you mind if I keep this? Uh, kind of, yeah. Hmm. Do you mind if I at least jot down the symbol? Not at all, yeah. That, that's fine. Okay, so he goes into like a little office or something, gets some paper and kind of jots down the little symbol, hands the necklace back to you. Well, if I, I'm intrigued by this. If I happen to find anything, I'll let you know, Lloyd. Okay, okay, you you know the drill. You can, you could call Mr. Mr. Montgomery's phone and he, he doesn't mind. Okay. Thank yeah yeah and he's just staring at the paper like all intently. Th- thank you, sir. Yeah yeah, you have a good day, Lloyd. Y- you you too. And I'm gonna head back out. Okay. All right. So, what do you plan on doing? Well, I'm gonna go and get to the bistro and change in my office and. Go back to the house and sit down, relax, and smoke me a stogie. Okay. So we're going to fast forward a little bit. You had gotten checked into the asylum, kicking and screaming, I assume. Maybe not screaming, but... No, he's not putting up a fight. (laughs) I know, like, the more I fight, the more that they're just going to call me crazy, and the more they'll lock me up. Okay. So. And... So you get in there, you get checked in. There's a lot 
screaming going on and you happen to hear people screaming monster. Hmm. And it just seems a little chaotic. The place is quiet, isn't it? Hmm. Says so one of the orderlies. Am I at least gonna get my um medication anytime soon? They haven't they haven't given me my medication since I got locked up last night. I'm really starting to hurt. Oh yeah, yeah, doctor will be in soon. And they put you in a room. <clears throat> Take the cuffs off of you. Shut you in. Lock the door. And we'll come back to Fred and Millie. It's getting close to four. So I'll head back over to her house. Okay. I'll answer the door and be ready to go when you get there. Good. And I will head to the asylum. Okay. You two start heading to the asylum. You get there. It's a little after four. And I need you two to roll me spot hiddens. No, I got 61 out of 52. I failed it. Oh, yeah, I failed it too. Okay. All right, so you get to the asylum and the charge nurse up front says, what can I help you with? I'm here to see some patients I've got scheduled. Okay. I know my way around. That's fine. All right, go ahead. All right, and I'm going to head... Because there's some patients down the hall where the doctor's office is, right? Yeah, a little further down, but yeah. yeah. So I'll go that way and then kind of watch and make sure, like, I'm not being, like, there's no orderlies or anything down there. No, there happens to be no orderlies down here. So then I will see if the doctor's door is locked. Okay, it is. Okay, okay. I'll see if I can pick it. What would lock picking be under? Locksmith. Oh, yeah. then I only have a 1% chance at this. Blow on him, Daniel. 12. That was close, really. <laughs> but no cigar. Yeah. You try to pick the lock and not budging. Well, I don't think I can get in here. Well, I can try. Let me see what I can do. So are you trying again? Yeah, 78, 9. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Doesn't even come close to budging this time. Just admit that you don't know how to pick <laughs> a door. <laughs> I don't know how to pick a door. Let's go distract an orderly and, and well, see. As you guys are talking amongst yourselves... You happen to see an orderly coming from around a, the corner from further down the hallway, just walking. And you happen to see someone in a gray jumpsuit come up behind the orderly and bash them over the head. I need you to roll sanity. Both of us? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, for sanity roll. I love it. Nope. Failed it by seven. How did the sanity failed. guy... Wait. The guy that's like supposed to Oh, yeah. Failed, failed. 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 Okay. So I need you two to roll me a D4 for witnessing brain splattering. Four. Three. Four. And you two are officially freaked out at seeing the orderly getting their heads smashed in from behind and brains going everywhere. Oh my god. Is there a key card on him? For the doctor's (laughs) office. A key ring. And that's where we're going to end it tonight. (sighs) I hate when you do this. (laughs) How do you think I feel? I'm the one locked in a cell. All right, that's the end of the episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Tune in next week. Hey, everybody. This is your Mythos Master, Ariel. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please leave a review and share it with a friend. You can come chat with us on our Discord or check out our Twitter. Links are in the show notes below. Next episode airs next Saturday. Keep your percentiles low and your sanity high. And now time for today's news bulletin. The man responsible for shooting one Mr. Stanton, last night's escapee, has been arrested and put into police custody. But while in police custody, he was attacked by his cellmate, and then he then proceeded to kill him. He has been moved to Arkham Asylum until further notice. On a happy note, the Darcy twins are doing just fine. The parents assure us that this will not happen in the future. Have a great day. Fellow survivors, Vault 76ers, patriotic Americans, this is Lieutenant Colonel Valeria of the New Enclave. Follow our stories as our cast of characters emerge from the White Springs bunker to face an uncertain future in an Appalachia overrun with monsters. But as I always say, the wasteland isn't going to tame itself. Join us here on the Modus Files. We can be found on any Enclave-sanctioned network including Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and more. Keep your Pip-Boys handy and listen for further instructions. Valeria out. Hey everyone, do you enjoy The Elder Scrolls? Do you like to hear about the lore in an RP setting? Well, do we have a show for you. Come join us on Elder Scrolls Off the Rails for our Let's Play episodes, our random banter, and maybe some of our upcoming D&D campaigns. You can find us wherever podcasts are available.